Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello, good morning. Welcome to Joyney's uh, desk. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kukumini. We're on DTT because we're free to. We're coming up this morning. Owners of motorcycles and vehicles face a new financial burden as the Emissions Levy Act 2023 takes effect today. Tertiary Education Workers Union of Ghana declares a nationwide indefinite strike over what the union describes as government's lackadaisical attitude in addressing the concerns of workers. And principal secretaries coming to take our certificate and we're told that they are on strike. So right now we are so frustrated and then we don't know what to do.
also growing fears that Ghana could be losing an estimated amount of 160 million United States dollars owing to a new export regulation introduced by the United Kingdom, which takes effect today. Meanwhile, the UK's Institute of Export and International Trade says Ghanaian businesses stand to gain bigger opportunities once they produce to meet the new standards. Ghana has the potential, with what the UK is doing with its target operating model, to, to achieve the standards of production and get their products into market better, quicker and grow the potential. We have details plus business coming up shortly. My name is Aisha Ibrahim to stay for details. Thanks for choosing us. Starting today, owners of motorcycles and vehicles face a new financial bedding as Emissions Levy Act 2023. Act 1112 takes effect, requiring an annual payment of at least 75 cities for carbon dioxide equivalent emissions on internal combustion engine vehicles. The Ghana Revenue Authority issued a notice stating that the levy is part of government's commitment to addressing greenhouse gas emissions and promote eco-friendly technology. My colleague Richard Kujonyako joins me in the studio with details of that notice from the uh, GRA. Uh, Kujonyako, do we know why government is introducing this levy? Yes, Aisha, uh, the government is introducing the emissions levy as part of effort to address greenhouse gas emissions and promote the use of eco-friendly technology and green energy. So this initiative aims to encourage the public to shift towards more environmentally friendly vehicles. So in line with this, government announced in the 2024 budget that import taxes on electric vehicles have been waived further incentivizing the adoption of greener transportation options. Mm. Uh, how much are vehicle owners expected to pay? Well, so there are four separate categories of vehicles, and with each, there is a different specified amount they are expected to pay. So for motorcycles, tricycles are expected to pay 75 uh, Ghana CDs per annum. Motor vehicles, buses, and coaches up to 3,000 cubic centimeters will pay 150 Ghana CDs per annum. Motor vehicles, buses, and coaches about 3,000 cubic centimeters will pay 300 Ghana CDs per annum. And cargo trucks and articulated trucks are expected to pay 300 Ghana CDs per year. The statement continues that under the Act, the DVLA and other testing centers should only issue a road uh, use certificate after drivers have shown evidence of paying the levy. However, the Ghana Private Road Transport Union is unhappy with the decision by government, so they are already threatening to pass on the cost to their passengers. With those details uh, from the GRA, I've been joined by a tax consultant, Francis Timoboy, for a conversation on this. Grateful for your time, sir. Just as Ghanaians struggle to come to terms with already choking taxes, we've been hit by yet another one. This time, it is to address greenhouse gas emissions and promote the use of eco-friendly technology and green energy. Justified? 
No, Aisha, I, I have a different view. I think that it is more of a revenue measure than the environmental objective. Why am I saying that? Environmental tax or carbon tax is supposed to discourage or have a direct effect on behavior. So if you say that you want people to shy away from fossil fuel, that's petrol, diesel, cars, then they should shift to an alternative. The question is, the alternative that we are being offered here is electric vehicles. Is it within our reach? The answer is complete no. I mean, uh, the minimum electric vehicle you can have is around $26,000, even in the advanced countries. You ask yourself how many people in Ghana can even afford that, that, that car. Secondly, if you want me to shift behavior, the amount that I'm paying should be so much enough such that I have to take that decision. Otherwise, I'm losing. We don't even have the infrastructure in Ghana to even maintain the cars. Take Accra, where we may have two or three charging systems. Has the government done anything to you know, um, allow me, if I bring my electric vehicle into Ghana, to have a charging system? What, what are the measures available for me? if battery systems start running or giving me trouble. So clearly, 75 cities cannot allow me to change and go and buy a $26,000 uh, vehicle. That is not possible. So clearly, it's a way of raising revenue because globally, everybody is talking about climate change. And therefore, government thinks that one of the ways that we can you know, not avoid tax is through the transport sector. And that's why this tax is coming. We have seen this before when we introduced the luxury vehicle tax. We were told that those with a higher engine capacity were going to pay. Within six months down the line, the tax was withdrawn. So it's more of a revenue measure than the environment. Oh, more and more taxes on the people and the country largely. I think I miss you a bit, if you can take it again. I'm, I'm saying that what are the implications of taxing the people over and over again until they choked. Actually, I think that, you know, before we went to the IMF, the Minister of Finance made it clear that any agreement you go with this multi- multinational, you know, funding agencies, it comes to a lot of costs. So government is, you know, under obligation to raise our current tax to GDP ratio from 13% to around 18 to 20%. So there's that huge obligation on government. So government will continue to look for avenues to raise money. And the only people who are available to pay are the citizens. So we'll continue to bear it until maybe we go back to the IMF to renegotiate. The people are complaining. Yes, it's true. Look at the various taxes that we have had in 2023. Businesses are crying, but it looks like until we have been able to renegotiate some of the tax measures. Soon, the VAT on electricity consumption in the households are even going to come. So, the burden is clear. We have to be under these authority measures, and we have nothing to do. And clearly, government will continue to, you know, raise revenue. Are there no other ways aside from taxing and taxing and taxing the people? There are. And over the years, we've had challenges with expanding the tax net. The objective was to bring other people who are not currently in the in the in the taxing space of course over the years it's been very very difficult and so most of the policies we are seeing come in the form of indirect taxes we've ignored most of the direct taxes property tax we've said it several times it's not been doing well we have other non-tax revenue that the government is not pursuing 
So the informal sector clearly is cut off from the direct tax system. We focus more on the indirect taxes. And so we continue to see, unless you don't buy anything, you're going to pay the indirect taxes. We just have to sit down and rebalance our tax system. The problem is it's going to take a bit longer. And here's the case we've put ourselves under this IMF conditionality. And for them, if you don't meet the minimum threshold of 15% tax to GDP ratio, they think you are not doing well. And that indeed, their measure is that if you meet 15% of your tax to GDP ratio, then that is where you can see you are on the path of development. So they will continue to push us until we do more. Since it is more of a long term, if we are looking at the other tax measures, government will continue to look at the indirect taxes, which are more, we can say, low-hanging fruits to pick. In this particular case, unless you don't own a vehicle, you will have to pay. But I think that it's, it's not going to achieve its purpose because it's unlikely to change the behavior of people. Look, for example, you say I should pay 75 or even 150 CDs a year. Is that going to make me reduce the distance I travel? I was even thinking that it should even be placed on the fuel, the price, because the more you drive, the more you are polluting the environment. And that also raises questions because people are saying that we have already taxed the 10 uh, what do you call it, sanitation and pollution levy on fuel prices, which was introduced in 2021. So people are thinking that if you do that again, then you are double taxing them. So we just have to look for other ways. Otherwise, these are unavoidable. Sad, isn't it? I mean, what should we do? Because, again, salaries are not being increased, yet the ordinary Ghanaian has no choice than to deal with this. True. And we've called for a renegotiation of some of the taxes. Uh, indeed, if you look at the IMF policy, I mean, their document, they are saying that the policy should be medium to long term. My only problem is that we've packed a lot of them in the short term from 2023 down to 2024. Uh, indirect tax rates have been increased and new ones have been introduced. And so it makes the ordinary person, you know, suffer or choke. And if you are not careful when we go back to implement the VAT on electricity, it's going to compound the issues there more. So maybe let's slow down a little bit on the indirect taxes. If as a part of the condition, we can tell them that, look, we want to increase our tax to GDP ratio to this level, but we have to do it gradually. Then we do so. Again, we have to look at the other areas where we can, you know, raise revenue instead of the, the taxes. We get to a point where uh, the taxes introduced are no more economically viable because tax policy is supposed to ginger the economic growth. If at the end of the day, the businessmen are saying they are collapsing, then you need to take a pause and look at its effects. We need to reassess the impact of those that we have introduced and rather go for the other units that we have not been able to deal with. Yes, I agree it's going to be the long term, but that is the only sustainable way. As a steamer boy, I'm grateful for your time. He's a tax expert uh, trying to explain how government can get revenue aside of just taxing and taxing Ghanaians. However, the Ghana Private Road Transport Union is unhappy with the decision by the government. The union was forced weeks ago to suspend plans to increase transport fares over the increasing cost of spare parts and fuel. They are already threatening to pass on the cost to their passengers. Abbas Amuru speaks for the GPRTU. He's joined me uh, with more. Uh, Mr. Abbas Amuru, thanks for your time this morning. So what are your plans? As the emission levy kicks in today, the usual shifting of costs on the passengers, I guess. 
it does look like we've lost Abbasamuro there. Let's try and get him back. Um, if we have Abbasamuro on, I want to find out from you, Abbas, what the plan is. Are you going to be shifting the cost on passengers as you usually do? Right, let's try and get Abbas Moro back. Uh, he speaks for the GPRTU to tell us more on this. Uh, but the, uh, we've also been gauging the mood of Ghanaians on this. We'll be getting uh, that view from the streets of Accra. So let's get Abbas Moro. Uh, do we have Abbas Moro back? Hello, Abbas Moro. Can you hear yeah. me? Yes, so I, yeah. yes, I, I want to find out from you your plans as the emission levy kicks in today. Uh, is it the usual shifting of cost on passengers? Is that the plan? Well, it is going to be a little slow because we are actually disappointed to see the implementation today. Because we've spoken about it, that it's going to be two taxes on a particular item. And we believe uh, the message has gone down well that those in authority will do something about it. But lo and behold, it has come. And we have nothing much more to do than to add it to whatever problems we already have and make sure we add it up to the new lawyers that will come out. Abbas, you recently were invited by the Transport Ministry for a meeting regarding the increase in transport fares. What was the outcome of that meeting and did this emission levy come up? Yes, fortunately for us, government took that meeting seriously. We met with the finance minister and the transport minister as well. This particular issue was put to the finance minister who accepted to do something about it. He said he would take it up and see. But we drew his, his attention on two taxes on a particular issue. But we said we are already paying on the little fuel we buy in the name of Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Sanitation and pollution. It's just unfortunate the same pollution's name has been changed and slap us with the same issue again. We explained to him and he said, oh, if that is the issue, then of course we will look at what to do. They can join, join. We will look at what to do about it. There is nothing has been done. And today the implementation has taken place. We won't say much than to add it to our new lawyers that we are working on. And and how soon are we expecting this? I understand that you would take well, it slowly, but I mean God willing next week we'll hit the press again. God willing next week we'll hit the press. I understand uh, you are supposed to have another meeting with the transport minister, correct? Yes. yes. When, when is that? Because the, at the meeting, because at the meeting, the transport minister also requests from us to prove something. That is, we should put our grievances while we are changing the lawyers from what it is today to an upward adjustment, the current one that we are adding up, we should document it, address it to him to make sure he also addresses it, of which we also accepted, because we knew very well that what is requesting within landers are basically the 20% that we are asking for. Here we are very fortunate this echo levy has also come to existence because when we came up with the 20%, we did make mention that this excludes the echo tax and the new VAT. So if the echo tax has come into existence, yes, of course, we'll add it up because we are into business. Nobody will buy something one city. No businessman or woman will buy something one city and sell it at 80 pesos. Who oh, oh, add it up and share that burden with the citizen? We'll see how that goes. Abbas Murray, spokesperson for GPRTU, he says there's another meeting they have with their transport ministry, and that will inform their decision next week. They'll be coming out with new 
uh, transport fares. This is something we'll be monitoring and bring you all you need to know. Now, let's get to other stories. The Tertiary Education Workers Union of Ghana has declared a nationwide indefinite strike over what the union describes as a government's lackadaisical attitude in addressing the concerns of workers. The union cites the failure of the government to pay Tier 2 pension allowances to fund managers, extra duty allowances and car maintenance allowances for junior staff, among others, for the industrial action. It follows an emergency National Executive Committee meeting held on Wednesday at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology. It comes also as the Teachers and Education Workers Union of the Trades Union Congress, the Senior Staff Association, the Ghana Association of University Administrators laid down their tools over improved working conditions. My colleague, Ohimintaria, the Tertiary Education Workers Union of Ghana boasts of over 10,000 members in all the public universities nationwide. Members include cleaners, drivers, security personnel and administrative secretaries, among others on the various campuses. The union accused government of failing to honor its obligations to pay extra duty allowance car maintenance allowance due members and pension funds to fund managers. A one-week ultimatum to government to act on the concerns of the union expired last week. National President Suleimana Abdurrahman, who addressed charged members at KNUSD, says the workers are fed up with what he described as the lackadaisical attitude of government towards their concerns. They would demand or therefore demand that Payment of the tier two pension funds by government to the fund managers immediately. Two, they will further demand payment of vacant maintenance allowance to deserving staff to tell members in the public universities without discrimination. Three, they will also demand the payment of extra duty allowance through overtime to the affected members in some of the public universities. National Executive Council NEC of Tegu held an emergency meeting this morning today, 31st January 2024, concerning the issues table above in the said meeting. NEC has resolved that following the lackadaisical nature of the employer, which is the government, resolved that the Tertiary Education Workers Union of Ghana is hereby declare an indefinite strike action and the strike takes effect from 1st February. The union says there will be repercussions for members who defy orders of the national executives to join the industrial action. Meanwhile, the union says members who provide essential services such as members of the university security corps and principal secretaries, including those at the vice chancellor's offices, are initially exempted from the strike. Mr. Suleimana, however, explained. We are not uh, actually redrawing everybody. Because if we are redrawing everybody, the security staff, everybody will have to go along with. But if government is failing to listen to us, at the end of the day, we have no option than to redraw the whole security in the public universities. And I can tell you, if that happens, what will happen? The public universities will have to be locked down, but we don't want to get there. But of course, as I said, if we are pushed to a wall where we need to redraw every services, 
that will be done is the security and the secretaries to the principal officers. We expect that they will assist the principal officers, I'm talking of the vice chancellors, the registrars, finance directors, to work with governments to make sure that they spearhead our issues to get it resolved. From Kumasi, for Joy News, Oyemantiria reporting. At the University of Cape Coast, a strike by the Senior Staff Association continues to bite hard. Some of the affected students have been speaking to Joy News. It's I'm from Sunyane. Some of my colleagues are from Wa, Cape Coast, Accra. Please, we have been here since yesterday. We are here to collect our certificates. But there is no one to assist us over here. So we are pleading with the government to give them whatever that they need so that we can get our certificate. My name is Barry Issa Mohamed. Um, I'm from Fafraha, a distant student of UCC. Actually, I came to uh, take my certificate today, my degree certificate today. But then when we came to campus, everything seems to work fine because from the onset, they did everything perfectly fine. No one told us something was going on. Or... So after we cleared ourselves and then we did all, everything necessary we are supposed to do, Coming to take our certificate and then we're told that they are on strike. So right now we are so frustrated and then we don't know what to do. Um, information reaching me is that some people were even here since they had to sleep on campus just to make sure um, something would happen today. But unfortunately for all of us, nothing has happened. And then right now as we speak, we are stranded and then we don't know what. Some of us are actually coming from work. Some of us from Accra, like I already mentioned. And then some of us are working and then they have to take permission from their bosses just to come here. But then coming to see this situation is very frustrating. We woke up one morning to a news of strike by the senior staff and table um, of the various institutions, which UCC itself was affected. Um, our students, as we are uh, affected by this great um, strike, when it comes to the university hospital, which serves not just the student's body, but um, the whole total um, uh, the community within UCC. Unfortunately, um, the hospital also had to be closed down um, at certain periods so that um, the strike action that has been taken by national would actually suffice. It's had a toll on students since um, these medical issues um, day in, day out, calls keep coming to us as student leaders about students that want to visit the place we checked up for various um, medical problems. Unfortunately, the hospital is not in a place to look after these people and these people have to go to the teaching hospital which is quite a distance um, from the university. Again, um, the strike of Teo has also affected us very much as um, our various lecture rooms, our various halls and environments have not been catered to with respect to its cleanliness and students have to mask themselves up, um, spearheaded by the various student leaders that is GRASAG and SRC and the various um, heads of halls to make sure that these environments are clean for students. And as we know, this is an academic environment and cleanliness is very important to students. We plead um, on behalf of the entire student's body, we plead to government and the stakeholders um, involved to make sure that the plea of both the Senior Staff Association and TEU are met to ease the life of students all over campus across the country.
There are growing concerns uh, that Ghana could be losing an estimated amount of 160 million US dollars owing to a new export regulation introduced by the UK through its new border target operation model. All animal and plant products being moved to the UK will now require export health certificates effective January 31, 2024. Ghana's main export to the UK, which includes processed fish, cocoa beans, and fruits for primarily, and that this new category is required, uh, required certification, raising fears of a severe impact on Ghanaian businesses. Head of Diplomatic and Foreign Affairs Desk at Joy News, uh, Blazer Sogan, will be joining us with more. But first, uh, listen to the uh, UK's Institute of uh, Technology talking about this. Environment, but it's a challenging environment globally. If you look at the WTO, st- WTO statistics, global trade is going to uh, slow down uh, over the coming years. So we are the world is in a difficult uh, place at the moment, uh, and you know the, the global economy itself uh, is in a challenging environment. If you you need only look at what's happening in Germany, in the Netherlands, Spain, and Italy currently to see that it's, this is not just an Africa problem. This is a, an international problem. However. What Ghana has to do is to to take a very determined sense that we will be innovative and we will seize opportunities. Uh, there's a new policy coming through through the border targeting uh, policy. The fear is that countries such as Ghana mm-hmm. uh, and other African nations might be affected mm-hmm. some way somehow mm-hmm. uh, because of the phytosanitary regulations now coming through on that policy. Mm-hmm. Should African markets or perhaps Ghanaian products be worried? that this new policy which is coming into force might, you know, affect some of the uh, uh, trading routes? No, it's a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity because the changes that the UK is implementing with regards to the way its border operates is A, to to make them digital, make them uh, more seamless, but also to take a risk-based approach rather than a hazard-based approach. So a lot of uh, products from Africa have have faced a real challenge selling into the UK because of the hazards-based approach. By taking a risk-based approach, so by analysing the production, uh, the, the area of production, the type of product and the security and assurance that sits around those products. Actually, Ghana has the potential, by meeting standards, to get easier access into the UK. But the standards is the, is the problem. The, the standards, but standards are essential. Right. If you're not producing standards, you're not going to be able to sell your goods anywhere. You know, you, you, the, 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 the period whereby hmm. any nation is prepared to accept hazard into, uh, across their borders is gone. So if, if Ghana can get producers producing to the standards, and that's about education and training, it's something the Institute takes to heart, right. this is why we were founded in 1935. Right. So it's relatively simple to do. But it but takes when, a commitment. You know, a lower industrialized nation like Ghana, definitely there'll be challenges packaging-wise and whatever um, considerations there's help. Po- there's a, there is help there. There, there is help and support. We're here to provide help and support. There are international agencies that are keen to help and support. And if you look at, I'm going to take a microcosm of, of the EU. Right now, through the weaponization of uh, supply chains and trade routes, farmers in France are barricading tr- uh, their, their routes to prevent goods getting through. The same is happening in Germany, it's happening in Spain, it's happening in the Netherlands. So supply chains are disruptive. Ghana has the potential, with what the UK is doing with its target operating model, to to achieve the standards of production and get their products into market better 
quicker mm. and grow the potential. Also, if you can do that, you can start also to shift some of that processing back to Ghana and create the, the value add. Mm. Look, it's not simple. I'm not, I'm, it sounds simple for me <laughs> to sit here and yeah. say this, mm. but do nothing and you will go backwards. That's the guarantee. Do nothing, you go backwards. Well, at least we're trying something. And, and of course, I'm happy that your institute is also coming through your partner, for instance, uh, with the Ghana Export Promotion Authority. What programs are you running with them, and how would that perhaps help the situation for us to get out of, of the challenge? So we're working with, with JEPA, um, the Ghana Export Promotions Agency, to uh, support around capacity building, knowledge and expertise around customs and international trade. This is the, the bedrock of what the Institute does. We help professionalise international trade so that people understand how the systems work, what they you have the president of the Institute of Export and International Trade, uh, 4G, Marco Forgi, who says that there are a lot of opportunities for Ghanaians if they actually follow uh, the rules. I've been joined by head of diplomatic and foreign affairs desk, uh, Joy News, Blessed Soga. So when did this regulation uh, kick off and what does it say? Well, uh, so that regulation is coming into force today because uh, the document states uh, that uh, effective the 31st of January this year, uh, the UK appears to be scaling up its uh, regulations on uh, customs and um, imports and exports as well. Now, there's a new regulation that's coming into force, primarily targeting exports into the EU market and, uh, you know, extensively uh, the, 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 the UK government would scale up its regulation on imports and exports generally. Uh, what we know is that starting from today, if you're bringing in any uh, plant-based or uh, animal, uh, say, livestock into the UK market, what would happen is you need a certification uh, from the United Kingdom uh, based on some assessments and uh, requirements that they would demand from any exporter around the world. Now, we know that Ghana is one of the key exporters into the UK market. What happens is we're highly dependent, as you know, on uh, you know, the export of cocoa, on the export of uh, uh, fruits and vegetables, especially into the UK markets. The estimated amount of value that we get from that is somewhere around 160 million United States dollars. Um, so that's the figure that is at stake now with many businesses and exporters of these uh, primary produce into the UK market getting worried that now that the certification will be required, uh, some processes may be delayed and eventually Ghanaian businesses may be affected as a result of the exercise. Well, we understand some stakeholders are engaging further on this. What exactly? Uh, precisely. So we've been doing our checks as well, uh, trying as much as possible to engage with um, some of the um, you know, main exporters into the uh, European market. Because you know, there's no clear line on, on the extent to which this might affect African uh, exports, they are equally worried. And engagements, even as we speak, are continuing now uh, between you know, government officials, the, the you know, private chambers, the uh, exporters of uh, farm produce here in Ghana, uh, who are also worried and seeking further clarification from the UK government on whether or not this new regulation will apply to exports coming through from the likes of Ghana. Because if we're going by the stipulation, it means that for today, any export moving right now into the UK market is not qualified uh, per what the law says to move into the UK market. So all of these produce, whether it's uh, cassava, um, you know, vegetables or fruits, 
they will be grounded. They would no longer be able to enter into the UK market. And that's why many people are raising concerns about it, seeking for clarifications. Once we get through to, you know, the chambers working on these engagements, we'll definitely uh, update our viewers on this. Blessed Sogan with the, uh, those details. I've been joined by uh, Anthony Morrison, uh, who's also uh, with the Exports Association. Grateful for your time, Mr. Morrison. This certainly uh, doesn't come as good news to you. Thank you very much, and a very good uh, morning uh, to your cherished uh, Well, we have been following this discussion. You remember somewhere last year? Uh, UK had challenges with uh, tomatoes uh, export, and uh, we engaged them quite uh, significantly on the areas to adopt. But uh, quite frankly, you would also uh, acknowledge the fact that the EU and the UK are not quite different in, in various times with regards to the imposition of some uh, tax uh, barriers and other things. Uh, we knew when the EU came up with the uh, the new law on the food of uh, forest origin from Africa. We knew the UK was going to follow suit. And if you look at it, uh, luckily for us, the chamber had been in engagement with the UK Animal Health uh, Direct. And uh, we have been working uh, with them. Uh, last year, we did training for more than 70 people uh, with uh, support from the UK Embassy. Uh, what we do know is that from our uh, uh, PPRSD, Ministry of Food and Agriculture, uh, Ghana Standards Authority, they have also been taking uh, some uh, steps to make sure that they engage the UK authorities. But the, the, the point here is that already the cost of production is so high and uh, the cost of further documentations are going to be so expensive on the exporters. And uh, we have also been uh, um, you know, overly taxed with regards to uh, the five percent taxes uh, on export and various others. So uh, we need to also, while engaging the UK government, we also need to engage our government ministry of finance to see how they can reduce some tax position on the agriculture sector, so that we don't overly in, uh, increase our service losses, which is already so high. And uh, we also have to look at how we can also support exports. Uh, the likes of Eisen needs to work uh, actively with the industry. The likes of uh, Gessel will also have to work actively with the industry to fast-track uh, trading and capacity building for various exporters. And also for the agriculture uh, export farms that are uh, currently producing for export. We need to look at what are the phytosanitary issues, what are the other areas of documentation and education that ought so if you look at the UK uh, new law, it's looking primarily at um, the IPAFS. So it, it also includes vegetables, it includes uh, tubers that we export to the UK market. It also uh, requires uh, 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 talk about timber and the likes. Uh, the reason why you see that the UK are giving some form of exemption to the EU imports is because they are all on the same standardization. And uh, we also need to do a lot in order to increase our standard to be competitive at least on the global market. So, I mean, uh, you've just explained the difficulty in, in, in this situation, but potentially we could be losing some $160 million. How do we avert this? Well, um, that for now, there is nothing we can do. 
we only need to also introduce trade barriers to also block some import of the same products that we are supposed to be exporting. So the local market can uh, ignite around it and be able to uptake those commodities. However, we can also look at uh, some of the processing uh, sector who are doing a lot of service and value addition to be able to uh, divert some of these exports to them. Now, within the West Africa sub-region, and uh, taking advantage of the after and the past, we can look at some African countries that also need some of these products. So we do not overly focus on the, U- uh, the European Union market or the UK market, but we can look at Asia, we can look at the uh, other African countries so that we can uh, send these products, so that we do not also uh, have to make losses at our, our end. Uh, this is very difficult time. Uh, you can also, for instance, those doing banana, those doing pineapple, they can afford to look at uh, long-term storage because of the task position on electricity, for instance. Okay, there are also issues with emission taxes that we are already engaging government on. So we, we, we may need to... Also, and, and, and in fact, this will affect production for the next... Uh, for this major season because nobody will want to produce a lot for this major season and uh, we may have to come back around next year this time to be able to pick up from where we are uh, from where we drop off last year because we, we will be very uh, strategic with our production increase in production or we may just reduce uh, production all, all over Grateful for your time. Anthony Morrison is president and CEO of the Chamber of Agribusiness and has been uh, explaining how the uh, exporters will try and meet up with this UK standard. Now, the Attorney General, Godfrey Yabodami, says his office is working to reform the jury system to enhance the justice delivery system in the country. According to the AG, many criminal trials take a long time to... Uh, for judgment to be delivered because of how the jury system has been fashioned out in our laws. Twelve accused persons were convicted for their roles in the murder of Major Mahama, while two were acquitted and discharged. Speaking during the visit of the family of Major Mahama, Godfrey Yabuadami says there are currently bills pending before cabinet that seek to help reform the criminal justice system. Head of our legal affairs, that's Richard Kujanak, who was at the Attorney General's office and has come through with this report. I knew it would kill me, so I avoided going on social media. It was a visit that was to thank the Attorney General and the prosecution team for the good work they have done throughout the trial that spanned nearly seven years. The meeting turned emotional as the mother of Major Mahama recounted what she's been through during the past seven years. I, the doctors abroad have been very good and have been there for me and taking good care of me. I was in, in and out of hospital and yeah, I'd like to thank everybody, all Ghanaians. Members of the foundation who worked tirelessly to keep my son's name alive and to preach or spread the message that there is not justice, isn't the way forward. Attorney General 
Godfrey Yabuada says the death of Major Mahama, though sad, has provoked some radical measures his office is taking to deal with more justice, delays in prosecution of criminal cases, and the general reforms in the criminal justice system. It has actually provoked an examination of the jury system for us to see um, whether there can be better means of going about justice delivery without the involvement of the jury. I personally think that the jury system ought to be eliminated. We are very fortunate in your case to have <laughs> not so much difficulties with the verdict. Last year, another murder trial which had also shocked the nation, the murder of um, a former chairman of the MEP in the Upper East region, Adam Hammer. Yes, um, the, the, the verdict to the jury turned out to be quite incongruous, I mean, and really has led to a mistrial and we conducted a first trial. But the jury returned a verdict in a way that clearly defied all reason. And so really there are serious or severe problems with the, with the jury system. I have before cabinet a bill which seeks to reform the jury system to not make it compulsory in the case of murder as it is now so that the attorney can recommend to the court a manner of trial um, to be adopted, whether it's by a jury system or not. And by and large, we'll be eliminating the jury system. And all. We've also recommended um, the introduction of alternate jurors so that if one juror is absent, as we saw a number of times in your, in, in your case, the trial will not be held up. There can be alternate jurors who can substitute uh, that juror, and the trial will not be held up. Remember your case, many times we've had to attend unnecessarily because of the absence of, of, of some jurors, either through unwarrantness or otherwise. Even on the day the verdict was delivered, we nearly suffered such a situation where one juror was late and we had to wait until about two hours before commencement of proceedings. It is the hope of the AG's department that cases are prosecuted and dealt with expeditiously to dispense justice in the swiftest manner. Reporting from the AG's office, my name is Richard Kwejonyakun for Joy News. We're still live on Joy News Desk. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll be bringing you business. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the business segment on Joy News Desk with me, Pius Kojo Baka. Flag bearer of the NDC, John Dramani Mahama, has challenged the finance minister's claim that the economy has turned the corner. According to him, the country's debt remains unsustainable, as emphasized by the International Monetary Fund. The former president says figures churned out by the finance minister are deceptive. Anaya Ojima reports. At the Nat Hall in Koforidia, the NDC flag bearer held a meeting with some labor unions. Issues of the economy and strategies to revive it were key areas of interest. The former president, John Mahama, despite the debt exchange strategy adopted by government, says the country's debt remains unsustainable. And I keep saying that the budget numbers this finance minister keeps showing us is deceptive. Because even as we sit today, in the budget that he read, he did not capture as part of his budget and the deficit, the debts that we owe the um, um, uh, independent power producers, which is almost $1.7 billion. And that alone is a single threat to the economy. Until we sort that out, we are not out of the woods yet. The finance minister said we've turned the corner, but we've not turned any corner. Just two days ago, the IMF came out and said Ghana's debt is still unsustainable. 
So it means that with all the haircuts and things we've done, our debt is still unsustainable. And so we're going to face major hurdles when we go forward. I believe that NDC has the men and women to sort out this economic mess. Meanwhile, the NDC flag bearer says halt of debt servicing is the reason for sustainability of the city being witnessed. Um, this country currently is bankrupt, and that's the truth. Ghana is broke, and we've announced to the world that we cannot uh, pay our debts. I mean, if you are an individual and you've taken debts from banks and microcredit institutions, and you declare that you can't pay, it means you are broke. And uh, that's essentially what we have done. So currently, we've um, 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 deferred debt servicing. We're not paying any loan, zero. Uh, we're not paying both our uh, domestic and uh, international debts. And that is probably why the CD is even stable. Because if we were servicing our debt, by now the CD will probably be at about 40 or 50 CDs to uh, uh, the dollar. And so we're not paying... But we are negotiating with the various creditors. They finished the domestic debt exchange, phase one, phase two, and um, they've pushed, they've deferred the payment of the bonds. Um, a lot of the bonds will go into 2025, 2026, 2027, and stretch as far as 2032. And then they've just, they've just reached agreement with the official creditor committee, which is the bilateral creditors. And they are uh, uh, cutting off some of the debts. The rest they are pushing back. It doesn't mean we are not going to pay. We will pay, but they are deferring the payment. And then now they are going to discuss with the Eurobond credit holders, the commercial credit uh, uh, companies, and then also agree on how to uh, shift back the debt uh, payments. So essentially we are broke. The Ghana Institution of Engineering has bemoaned the hike in cement prices in recent times. According to the institution, this is affecting operations of some of its members. President of the institution, Engineer Kwabna Bimpong, has therefore called on manufacturers and other key stakeholders to find solutions to challenging um, culminating in the increase of cement production. President for the Ghana Institution of Engineering, Engineer Governor Bimpon recommended the use of affordable building materials such as the use of bio-based materials like timber, bamboo, and improvement on non-renewable building materials such as green cement. We need to look at various options in providing sustainable um, housing delivery and these must be affordable. So we have looked at providing or using bio-based materials, and these include bamboo, which is a renewable resource, and we know that bamboo sequesters about 60% of carbon dioxide, and we also know that bamboo grows very, very fast, one meter a day. For all of us, we know that bamboo, we always think our bamboo as being for support or scaffolding. Very much so, because, look, um, as I mentioned, 80% of our building materials are imported. And remember that the materials that are used in the production of cement are also imported. That is why I'm talking about the fact that if you are able to replace 20%, even 20%, if you are able to replace 20% and we are able to reduce the cement prices by you know, some good percentage, I think that we will all be happy because, look, apart from water, Cement or concrete is the most widely used material on earth. 
The 52nd presidential address was under the theme Sustainable Housing Supply with Alternative Building Technologies. Of your for business, I am Pai of Skojo Bakadenews. Continuous after this break.